0: I'm Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC and 21st Century Equipment sits down with Aaron Fintel, a remarketing specialist for 21st Century Equipment. Before we head over to their conversation, I wanted to invite you to join us this August 4th through 5th at the Dealership Mind Summit in Omaha, Nebraska. Based on the feedback of past attendees, our Dealer Advisory Board, and the Dealership of the Year Alumni Group, we're bringing back the focus on used equipment remarketing. Space is limited for this dealers-only event. Register today at dealershipmindsummit.com. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio. And by subscribing, you're alerted when each new episode is released. In this episode, Casey and Aaron talk about the planter market and an increased demand they are both seeing.
1: December tons of stuff got moved January seemed to be somewhat of a decent month we had plenty of activity going on sold a few things didn't necessarily make a ton of money but we sold some stuff and got things moved down the line it feels like that people are wanting to buy stuff right it feels like guys are out kicking tires there's the need for planters now has been at an all-time high. I can't tell you how many planter conversation path guys about trying to locate planters or even just trading guys out of planters. The number of planters that we're going to have coming in this year feels like it's going to be a fairly decent crop of uh, used planters coming
2: in. But all in all, it feels like there's plenty of demand out there. What are you seeing? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I was talking with a dealer buddy, emailing back and forth for a while the other day, and he reached out to me about a 24 0 planner. I had to laugh. You have any idea how much time I've spent the last five months going and trying to buy or actually getting bought 24 0 planners it would make your head spin. And he says, I know. He says, Isn't that crazy? We got to talking, what was that, in 14, 15, 15 and yeah. we were dumping 11, 12s, 13s for pennies on the dollar. And God, how we wish we had every one of them back. Yeah. <laughs> Lot rot included, just to yeah. let them sit. Just let them sit, and yeah. Bring them in the shed and put everything new on them. Who gives a shit? We got 24-0 platters. Back then, we had a boatload of them. And, and they, they were did. set up super fancy and all this, and pennies on the dollar, and oh, my God. The good thing is... There's starting to be a lot of talk, not just about 24 rows. I've talked to a lot of guys lately on 16s and 12s. Sold a handful of DBs here and there. DBs are super hot, too, in lots of configurations. Sold a lot of them. The other thing I would say that's pretty hot right now, late model low-hour tractors. We got a bunch of them we're moving. Outside of that, that's kind of where it stops. Yeah, no, I... I... (laughs) This planner thing, I was talking
1: with some guys the other day about this very thing, and I think we've hit a point in time where I see somewhat of a trend starting to develop, and it could just be me reading into the tea leaves more than I need to be reading into them. But as I sit back and look at these planners, and I look at 2015 in the planner world is a, especially on the John Deere side of the planner world, to me is a big year, right? And the reason I say that is that's the first year for the exact eMERGE planner. So if you start doing the math on that, if you bought a brand new 2015 planner, that would have been 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So you've got five years, five seasons that you would have used that planner. Now, in the equipment world, five years is a pretty big swing in the overall gap in, in machinery. I mean, technology-wise and everything that kind of plays into that, the value that you start seeing different things come at. What I've noticed in planners, the difference between like a 2014 8R versus a 2016 8R, there's not much difference there, right? I mean, it's an 8 370R, 8345 ra 335 r all those different machines, those two year difference isn't a big deal, right? And it's not like it's a an right. overwhelming, just mass change in events. That time between 14 and 15 is a big deal. So now when I'm starting to see, and you tell me what you think about this, what I see happening now is that anything that's prior 2014, guys are looking at those planners and saying, all right, so what can I buy this for and how much is it going to cost for me to go from your standard typical four to six mile an hour planning scenario to I want to either add precision to it or I want to go do an upgrade retro kit with a John Deere or something like that. How much is it going to cost me to do that with my initial investment in this planner? I really feel like that's playing a big role in how we're starting to see these pre-exact emerge planners start to fit into the market. What's your thoughts on
2: that? Yes and no, at least in my dealings, okay? Mm -hmm. And my world is different than I don't do the local thing. And I think that upgrade thing is probably more local presence than, hey, what do you got? This is what I need. Yes or no, Mm -hmm. done, on to the next. I don't see a lot of that in my particular world. I do know there's talk of it and this kind of thing. I know John Deere. Is very good. They have pre-selected packages where okay, you have this planner, here's your kit. You have this planner, here's your kit. You don't have to piecemeal it out right. and all that kind of stuff. They make it very, very simple. It is not free by any stretch of the imagination no. <laughs> to do that. It's not blow your mind expensive, but it does require an investment. Right. So I think you have some guys that are like Well, I do this kit. Basically, this planner is brand new and I do it for this versus a new one costs this giant number over here. The very next guy might say, I would love to do that. And I realize I can do that. And it's X dollars cheaper than a new one. But I run it for five years. How much of that am I going to get back? Is it worth it to me or not? Decides not. And at that point, there are two guys, two different opinions on that. Is it worth it or not? One guy, absolutely worth every penny. The next guy, no. And it's very operation specific. Absolutely. There's guys that, honest to God, need to move that fast with one or even two planners or more. And then there's guys that I got my 2012 20 furrow. I got the stuff on it that I need. I can go five and a half all day. I'm pleased as punch. Done. I think that's, again, it goes back to the speed thing. We've, we've talked about this before,
1: that it feels like the speed side of the equation is not necessarily what's selling that planner. It's the difference agronomics that come along with it, you know, emergence and singulation and those different things, independent rows that are independent from everybody else, all however many rows you got, the independent downforce that you see on all those things so that no matter where you're at or what you're doing, you know, we're right there. That kind of technology, I mean, really, you take a 10-year-old planner and make it the exact same thing as a brand new one, right? Same technology on it, everything about the same. The crazy thing about that is these older planners could have some more value to them As this comes where we're starting to look at, you know, we've got variable rate seeding right now and those kind of things. And we're actually really close to seeing variable rate, not just seeding, but the actual variety that you're putting in. Right. You can run multiple varieties before too long. And that could be a big thing. So I don't think older planters are going to get more expensive. I don't think their value is going to go up any. What I think you're going to see is these older planters are going to have a bigger draw to them as the you know what fellas I can make a hundred thousand dollar investment in this twenty four row planner over here or eighty thousand dollar planner or whatever it is and I can go and spend another whatever two hundred thousand bucks on doing whatever I need to do to it to bring it up to the latest and greatest technology. And at the end of the day you've got three hundred and eighty thousand dollars in this used planner but the brand new one's six hundred thousand bucks or five hundred thousand bucks or whatever the number is and what we see happening there. To me, I think there's gonna be as these planners get more expensive and as the demand for new technology is coming in, this is an easy way comparatively to every other platform that we see out there in the equipment space, that you can take something very, very old and make it very, very new and it's not gonna be any different than what you're buying off the shelf.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not going to bump up the value or the price, not the value. Right. The value is extremely high. The, it's not going to change the price numbers of that 1770 planner, but it's going to make the demand that makes the value out of this world, even though that number is the same because, as you and I are talking about, two different guys still want that planner. Oh, big yeah. time. The guy's yeah, going to sure. leave it alone, yep. and the guy's going to convert it. And it just becomes that market at this very moment today is a, if you want it, you better buy it because the next time the phone rings, it might be gone.
0: We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a moment, but first a quick reminder about the Dealership Mind Summit. Remarketing managers and top dealership management won't want to miss this two-day intensive unused equipment remarketing. Visit dealershipmindsummit.com today to register. Let's get back to the program now as Casey and Aaron talk about some historical data on the planter marketplace compared to other types of equipment. They also talk about the challenge of moving used planters from the 2012 to 2014
1: model. I'm getting ready to write an article for Farm Equipment Magazine and... I'm going to go back and I'm going to do a five-year kind of comparison over October, November, December, January, February, March of each year back from 2015, probably. i have enough data to do that. But the only thing right now in recent times where there is a decline in the overall supply on the marketplace is planners. Everything else is up one month, down the next, up one month, down the next. Planners have a consistent supply anyway. Of where they're showing month over month a decline in overall supply numbers. Yeah, so which that, that tells you that again, <sighs> you go out and you sell off everything that you can sell off. The number that were out there in, I got it right here in front of me. If you go back to 2014 and you look at planners, the numbers that were out there in 2014 were staggering. I mean, they were, there there's a ton of planners out there for what they were. August 1st, 2014, total listings for planners, there were 7,642. And they grew and grew and grew and grew up to about April of 15. To a high of about 8,000, a little over 8,000 planners. And the number that got taken off the market from then, every month after that, has just been absolutely just staggering. I mean, they we're down to now where we've got, uh, as of this month, our planner numbers out there as a total are about 4,700. So we've almost cut the. Uh, almost uh, half. Almost half of what was out there five years ago. So it tells you that. And I honestly am shocked it is that drastic. I didn't uh, think it would be near that drastic. Yeah. So that's the only number. Out there where you see a significant decline in what's going on. I mean, the, the overall numbers are, they are what they are. I mean, there's no, no real difference in that. And it's been every month, just been a steady decline month over month. There's been a few months there where we've hit some pretty lower numbers than what we're seeing now, obviously those are some peaks in seasonality, that February, March timeframe, and then that June, July time frame. And then you see a little peak up there again in uh, December, January, October, December, January time frame. So there's some peak selling cycles. And that's the other thing, too, about planners. When I first started in this business, it seemed like planners were primarily sold from January to March your use planner was. And you didn't really do much more planner work till very, very end of the year, maybe December if somebody needed to do something for taxes. But the majority of that was done in that little time frame. And last two or three years, it really feels like there's been kind of a shift to where there's about three peaks in there now than before we didn't see that. So starting to be some changes in buying habits of planners, I guess, is kind of that the way people are looking at planners now compared to what they've looked at them in the past.
2: Yep, I agree. And what I've noticed, and we've talked about this on the Moving Iron podcast, when early order in June starts, the used buyers have jumped on board then too to get the pick of the litter and, oh, great, you just traded for that. Let's get it wrapped up. Yeah. There's probably as much June-July action on used planners as there is February-March. Oh, yeah. Not quite, but it's getting very close from where it was of what you just said. You had year end stuff and then your late winter, early spring stuff. And that was planter season. Now you've got the new early order season is becoming a hot time for the used buyer to get the pick of the litter. So, yeah, a lot of
1: guys realize that they want to, especially when it comes to planters, if they want a good planter, a good used planter, and that's what they're basing their business around is that use planner and upgrading what they've got to a good use planner. There's not a lot of time to mess around. You got to make that right. decision. You got to be on the ball and ready to roll like now. And some guys, it's a hard thing for them to do. And other guys, it's not that hard of a thing for them to do. I think there's a good opportunity, some really good, cheaper technology to come through. It's a good way to get some of this uh, higher technology that, at a cheaper price. You know what I mean? And you can get really the latest and greatest stuff out there for 15 to 20% less than what you're banking on the start with. So I think there's some opportunities guys that have not really done much with their planners here in the last five years. Yep. I agree with that. The other big issue we have out there right now, I think something that we've addressed on here more than once, is those 12 through 14 model stuff that we see out there. That, and I don't even know what to do with that stuff. Until we get some level of clarity on what we're going to do moving forward and and how things are going to play out long term until those things go away, man. It's going to be, I just feel like there's not the opportunity that we've seen with those machines in the past. They're just- uh, Maybe
2: they're going to be involved in the billions of dollars of ag products
1: that China promised to buy. I'd hope. I hope so, because that would be- They need to go someplace else, the North American marketplace. I can tell you that.
2: <laughs> We're going to put all them 12 through 15 combines in, specifically uh, 12 through 14. Yeah. In the barges in the bottom and just cover them with grain and be like, here you go. Yeah. There's your beans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might be our best option. A load of hogs and
1: five combines. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be such a, a thorn in the side of the market right now. An entire situation. It's just one of those situations that we got to figure out. But I guess long story short, kind of the more you look at stuff and the more you, uh, you do, the biggest issue with those machines had everything to do with the fact that they didn't go through the trade cycle. The normal trade cycle that you would have saw. Had And the only problem yeah. that we were seeing with those machines is that they're all coming to the market at the same time. Right? It's not like they've gone through the trade cycle two or three times and they've shown back up in people's inventories two or three times they're all showing up at the same time. That's the hard part that people can't get
2: their head wrapped around. Yep, that's very accurate. When we lost the second, third, and sometimes fourth buyer yeah. to new for three about three years there, that had a dramatic an unspeakable, let's be very dramatic about it, an unspeakable impact on the trade cycle and machine numbers and all of that. Yeah.
1: Tell you what, that was an odd one. Had we kind of wonder where you'd be at if everything hadn't slowed down to a halt for as long as it did. I don't know that we'd be really, equipment-wise, I don't know that we'd have any different amount of equipment and inventories or anything like that. But I think we would have had a difference in the overall overarching kind of flow of equipment we wouldn't yeah. have like the overwhelming majority of our inventory being one two or three years worth of trade so i don't know it's kind of weird to think about but it is what it is i think the answer to all this stuff is those are the machines that international buyers want and once you get that figured out and can get a line of that going it's going to make a big difference but that all comes down to who's got money and who doesn't man Well, that's the problem. You can find all the national buyers you want. Who's got the money? Yeah. That seems to be a tough one for a lot of uh, international buyers to swallow. that, That part of just coming up with the money. That's the hardest thing, it seems like. But when you do find that guy, hold on to him tight because they can make your world a different place. President G, if you're listening, please call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that'd be all right. I think the planner marketplace, obviously the demand is there because, you know, we're seeing it every day. But more than anything, it feels like there is a, a strong draw towards that, adding that technology to him. Another thing, too, how I many guys have you talked to about buying these older planners? He's like... 2010 through 14 model planners to have just a backup planner have you had anybody talk to you about that yet
2: yeah there's a little bit not 24 row guys that's what a lot of my 12 and 16 guys
1: have been yeah some guys i've talked to have done that same thing where they're you know i'm gonna buy a a 12 row or a, a 16 row i've heard that a few times and they're just gonna it's cheap enough that they can just use it as a backup to go clean up a few Smaller fields or something where they've got a road a long ways to get to where they're at, they can leave that planter up there where they're at or down there in whatever scenario you're in. But I've heard a lot of that talk where there's some guys that are looking at doing some stuff like that.
2: What I've had a lot of guys doing is guys on the 12s and 16s, they are guys that have 24 rows or DB 80s. Yeah. And they're in a world where there is no such thing as three-point planters, right? right? A lot of it is because of everybody's most favorite ring ever, 2019 and the wetness dragging that 60 foot, that 80 foot just doesn't work but there was three days we maybe could have planned it if we just had that 12-row on the three-point and go that route. And right. that's where a lot of those guys are reaching out to me for that planner for that purpose. Right. Just Same to thing. get something done and not sit there and watch. Yeah. No, there's a fair amount of that going on, too. So, I don't know. It's
1: You never know. You never know what you got, man. Every year's going to be different. This year will probably be hot and dry and that'll be the new thing it'll be so dry that we have an epic drought going across there instead of everything being so wet so yeah good times can't wait like 2012 yeah yeah absolutely
2: people that didn't even know what silage was were buying blades and choppers and yeah (laughs) yeah that's one thing about the chopper business man droughts are an amazing tool
0: thanks casey and aaron We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all of our informational channels. If you've got a question for Casey, I'd encourage you to head over to farm-equipment.com backslash ask the expert, submit a question, and we'll get Casey's answer to it up on our Ask the Expert blog. And don't forget to head over to dealershipmindsummit.com to register for the 2020 Dealership Mind Summit in Omaha. You can keep up with the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.